0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Tales from Beyond Belief, an Ordinary Person's Extraordinary Journey into the Unknown, Joseph Simkovic, author of How to Kiss the Universe, an inspirational, spiritual, and metaphysical narrative about human origin, essence, and destiny. And Ms. Aida, author, psychic, spellcaster, root worker, witch. And you can find her at M I S S A I D A M-I-S-S-A-I-D-A.com. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser. Ginger, you find her at tarotbyginger.com. She's a tarot reader, psychic, and evidential medium. And you can find her at tarotbyginger.com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Karen Doherty, and she is a psychic and medium. Thank you for coming on today.
1: Thank you for asking me to come on. It's my pleasure.
0: So, when did your abilities appear. Is this something that you were born with or is it something you learned?
1: It's something that I was born with, although I didn't really know that until later in life. So the way that it kind of transpired for me was throughout my childhood, I remember seeing spirit people, I remember knowing that they were from a different place, that they weren't physical in that Mm -hmm. sense. Um, and I and I used to talk to my grandmother about it. You know, I used to tell her what I seen and what I felt, and she just made it so normal for me. Like she would just say, "Oh, you don't have to worry about that. That's okay." And she just kind of played it down. She was never frightened. And I later learned that she was mediumistic too. But it wasn't until I was maybe in my twenties before I realised what it was, and that suddenly all made sense. It took a, it took quite a bit of time to get there.
0: Hmm. Like in your twenties, when you learned like what was really happening, were you like a little surprised?
1: You know, I wasn't surprised at what it was because Mm -hmm. I'd always followed mediums. I was always very drawn to watching mediumship. Even I remember at the age of ten, I bought a book uh, as a treat. We were getting to you know buy this book, me and my sisters, and I chose a mediumship book, and that was at the age of ten. And I've been drawn to it my whole life. So when I realized what it actually was that was happening, it didn't surprise me. It was almost like the penny dropped. I, but it brought a huge realization that that had been happening all my life. And it suddenly just made more sense to me.
0: Hmm. Was your grandmother, like, like, other than just being, telling you it was normal, was she able also, like, like did she use her abilities? Like, was she also like a professional psychic? Or, you know, was it just something like she did it like, you know, holidays?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she wasn't professional. She didn't use it in that sense. I remember her, you know, doing tea leaf readings for people when I was really small. I remember watching her do these tea leaf readings, but... Apart from that, she didn't really use it, but her sister was a, a working medium. And um, again, I didn't learn that until much, much later. She was actually a trans medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of in that side of the family. And usually it is. You know, if, if there's a medium within the family, there has been mediumship somewhere else, even if it's skipped a generation or two.
0: Interesting. You know, like I've, you're not the first person I've interviewed who had this ability to run in the family, you know, um, what do you think that think it is? Do you think it's genetic that causes people to have mediumship, and that's why it's passed down through families, or do you think it's just the environment that we grow up in, in openness?
1: I mean I don't think it's just about environment I understand that you know if you've been brought up in a certain way that there's been an influence or a lot of talk about something it can open you up to that and you're more open to it Mm -hmm. but I think mediumship is something that you possess when you come here from the spirit side and so genetic wise I feel that it you know, it must be a point from the spirit side of things to make that so within a family, even if it skips generations. And I really feel it's more to do with an understanding, a feeling of heritage or a feeling of lineage or connection. Um, And I think it brings about more understanding. I think if someone was the only one in their family or they'd never heard of it or never knew what it was, it would be more difficult for Spirit then to teach them or develop them.
0: Mm-hmm. So one of the things I noticed on your website too is that you also do mentorship. Now, do you mentor people that you know are looking, who, who are, do not have abilities, or do you help people develop abilities, or do you only work with people who already have them?
1: Well, the mentorship's open to everyone, and the reason that I created my mentorship is because when I was early in development, when I realised this is what I was meant to do, I didn't feel there was a lot of teachers out there that kind of resonated with me, so it was always something that I felt I would do at some point throughout my my work. Um, So I've opened it to every level, even for people that maybe aren't sure if they've got something or they're, they're you know, they're maybe discovering little bits here and there. It's open to everyone to approach and apply. And then I would um, speak with them or look at their application and then take it from there because not everyone is a medium. There's not like mediums are born mediums. However, we are all psychic. So we can develop the psychic ability, even if it doesn't go to the mediumship side of things. So there is always room for development for everyone, which is why I leave it open to everyone.
0: So what is the difference between mediumship and psychic ability?
1: Psychic ability is a connection from soul to soul in this side of life. So if I was to read for someone in a psychic sense, it would be me connecting with you. It would be all about your life. It would be past, present and possibilities uh, that are coming up. Um, It would be everything on your soul's path and your family and anyone connected to you. But mediumship is about bringing evidential um, experiences from those that have crossed over to prove that there's life after life. Um, so there is a big difference in the two. Most mediums work with both. It's a combination. Mm-hmm. But there are psychics out there that don't do mediumship.
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard. Not everybody everybody is psychic, but not every psychic is a medium. <laughs> I think it's the that's same. That's right, yep. um, yeah. Yeah. When you so so are you when you do your sessions are you you know I know about like all the clairs Claire cognizant, Claire, um, voyant and Claire audio I forget what that one is but what mm-hmm. do you have particular clairs that you're stronger at and ones that you're not so strong at and when you're teaching people do you try to give them like a well balanced practice in all the different clairs.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to realise what the clears are and, you know, for students who are developing um, and as a medium, I work with all the clears in that sense. So clear cognizance is the, the knowing, clear audience, hearing, clear sentience is feeling and clairvoyance is seeing. And so you work, I work with all four. But my strongest one, I feel, is the clairsentience. I feel spirit a lot, and I can feel how they passed. I can feel how they were. I can feel experiences they have. So every medium will work with clairsentience, but sometimes a medium will be stronger with the clairvoyance or the Mm -hmm. clairaudience. Doris Stokes is a medium, an English medium from... Maybe in the eighties, nineties, and um, she's one of the first mediums I, I knew about, and it was her book that I bought. And she was a clear audience, and that's the only way she worked. She could hear spirit as clear as someone in the room, uh, which is fascinating, you know. So, it, as as a teacher, I would teach students to let's delve into all. Sit, you know at all sides of the clears and see where yours is or your strength is and then we can develop the others too hmm.
0: are any clairs better for certain things than others like 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 your type of clairs clairs sentient right
1: mm-hmm.
0: like would that be say more useful for like diagnosing health issues versus clear cognizant where you're trying to resolve something
1: um, I don't know that one is better for one than the other. I think that it just depends. Like, so if I was doing, let's say, a body scan on someone and looking for health or seeing how someone is, I would do it through my clear sentence. I would feel, you know, through that situation. Um, but at the same time, you know, a spirit might show me something as an image or a symbol that would relate to that too. So I think all the clears are closely tied when a medium works anyway. Um, if I was helping, you know, someone find a missing person, I would use my feeling on that, my clear sentience, but I would also rely heavily on my clairvoyance to mm-hmm. see things, see what's around, you know, see situations. So I think they all work, you yeah. know, regardless.
0: It's like nobody can navigate the world. Well, we can, but we do the best with all our five senses. <laughs> working <properly>. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and without that, it makes it kind of difficult. Um, and, and I guess, too, like, like, do you ever have, like, one of the issues, that I, too, Like, I've run into where, um, you know, learning psychic classes and stuff, one of the common things is people questioning whether the information they're receiving is correct, rather than just giving out whatever is coming to them, whether it makes sense or not. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to not... Put our own two cents into what we're receiving
1: it really is and it's about moving past that kind of judgment phase in our mind our mind will always come into it because our mind is there to protect us keep us safe if it doesn't understand something it questions it so that's always going to come into play but you have to learn to move that out the way to a degree and I think this is why I would always say to my students you need to learn to be strong within your mediumship you need to know how you're working so that you know yourself if your mind jumps in and um, every medium that works their mind will come in even Mm -hmm. a professional medium that's been working for many years there's times where I will do a reading or do a gallery reading and all the information has been correct and then one thing comes in and I have to question that because the person can't understand and it can be my mind, or it might be something mm-hmm. they don't know, but you have to question that all the time. Um, I think the stronger you get as a medium, the more you know what's yours and what's not. Hmm.
0: So so practice. Yes. Like I took a, a remote viewing course once, and they called that type of information, where we start trying to make sense of it, and put it in a category, they call it like analytical overlay data.
1: Yes. Exactly. And when you start to analyse something, when you start to try and work something out, it doesn't work. Within mediumship, it's a flow. It's a flow Mm -hmm. of energy. It's a flow of information. If you start to question it, like if someone comes for a reading and then says at the end, you know, can I ask a question? I would always say, of course. But if they say, can you tell me what my father's name was? If it hasn't come out in the reading, I don't go looking for it because straight away my mind is going to tell me all these different names. And mm-hmm. unless I'm truly connected in that moment, that's that's going to confuse the person. So I would always say, if it doesn't come out in the flow of my mediumship, I don't go looking for it. But, you know, more more often than not, it will anyway. But it just shows you that a question, by posing a question into your mind, your mind will answer it first.
0: Yeah. Like one of the things that I do is, like, like I read tarot cards. I've been doing it forever. And one of the things that, I, I noticed, though, is um, it's sometimes difficult for me to read for people that I know, that are in my family or whatever, that I know well, because I know there are situations where it's much easier for me to read for a complete stranger. Is that also mm-hmm. true for you? Like in it mediumship is. and psychic abilities?
1: Yeah, it is, because like you just said, you know, you're so familiar with that person. You have a friendship or a relationship, family-wise or other, and you know their stuff. You know you know what they're going through. You know who they've got on the other side. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I never do it. Like there's sometimes randomly it might happen where I sit with my cousin and, you know, all of a sudden I feel her mum coming in. And, you know, so it can happen very randomly. But it's not something I would do if someone asks me, can you do a reading? I always say, I know you too well. You know, it's because it puts pressure on the medium to almost search, their get their mind out the way because their mind will jump in and say, I know that and I know this and you're trying to be evidential. So it puts more pressure on the medium. But also, you know, how well is the person going to receive the information if they know that you know certain things? Right. So it's better, yeah. And I've had friends say, I've actually met two of my closest, dearest friends through doing a reading for them many years ago. And um they say, you know, oh, you know, I love having you as a friend, but it's kind of not fair because it means that we can't come for a reading anymore. <laughs> um But, you know, it's just the way it is. I always say to people, I would rather not read for you if I know you too well. Mm. It's the same with clients that come all the time, too. You know, I tend to say to them, look, let's just leave it six months. You know, don't kind of book in every other month or whatever. Give things a chance to change so that I can give you new information.
0: So, why does spirit or, or, or hang around and, and watch over us? Like, but it's like it's, it's like what, it try to make sense of like, like I have say like my my mom or whoever is still around and still watching over me or whatever. Why is she doing that, knowing that I don't have the ability to communicate back to her?
1: Well, it's not that she would be hanging around and just kind of. and and she understands you don't, or you can't communicate, you always communicate with your loved ones, even if it's just, waking up and thinking about your mum or saying, I wish you were here or saying hello in your mind, whatever, that's a communication. So although you can't hear that communication coming back to you, your mum would hear that in the spirit side. So it connects her to you. Um, they are getting on with their own things there. You know, they do evolve and, and develop and everything there. So it's not like they're just hanging around and waiting for us or waiting to connect. But the minute we think of them, they are there. It's a, it's a connection on a bond of love, really. Um, and also, the like to know, you know, if you think about it, you know, I have three children. I feel like I would always want to just look in and check they were okay. And it's not because spirit can't come and solve our problems. This is another thing that I hear, you know, a lot people saying, well, why would my grandmother let that happen? Or why wasn't I warned of that or whatever? Spirit can't solve our problems. Any problems here in life or situations we go through are there to teach us, develop us, you know, make us look at things. It's not really up to spirit to step in and solve everything. If they could do that, then nobody would have any problems, right? Because we've all got spirit people. Um, So this life is about our life, our experience. Our loved ones stay with us to that degree, that connection, just because they love us, because they want to I suppose, make that connection to us. But it doesn't matter to them that you can't hear them or feel them in that respect, they just want to be close to you.
0: Hmm. Are they responsible for some of our intuitions? Like say I go to bed at night with a problem and then I wake up with an answer and I don't know where it came from. Is that spirit or is that just my brain processing?
1: so usually so 99 percent of the time i would say it's come from your higher self your own spirit we have to remember that we are spirit in human form now our higher self that part of us that connects to spirit and that part that will go back there um is always in action in this life too but we just really don't connect with it on a deep level And I think it's because our mind, our brain can't understand that there's this huge power within us. Um, So when you rest, when you take your brain out the way, your mind out the way, your consciousness out the way, Mm -hmm. your higher self is at play even more. So So you have the answers. Every one of us has the answers to things that we need to know, but we need to dig deep sometimes to find them. So when you go to sleep then your mind's out the way, the answer will come. And it's just about having that faith and that knowledge, I suppose, that we do have this higher side. Because I think a lot of times as well, people think it is spirit that are stepping in. I hear people saying, oh, you know, my mum told me this, or I received this information, it must be from my grandmother or whatever. And many, many, many times it's not. It's from their own higher self, their higher spirit. And if more people knew about that or more people aligned with that or tuned into that, their, their life would be different.
0: How does one, like, that's a tough one for me. Like, I, I would think, like, my higher spirit or my higher self might be still just as crazy and confused as I am here in my lower self. I mean, I don't know what else to call this it. unless there's a lower self than this, and maybe it's my middle self, I don't know.
1: Well, the thing is, we are all conditioned by life. So your characteristics are always going to be there. That's you. That's who you are Mm -hmm. in this life. That's the way you are. Okay, but your higher self is connected to the divine, the pure source. So it carries wisdom. You've got all the wisdom you need. Now, that doesn't mean that you will be able to receive that information. Sometimes we close that off or sometimes we just don't believe in it, you know, and it, it kind of detaches it from us a little bit. Um, but usually your higher self is, is the, the, the part of you that's calm, the part of you that knows the answers, the part of you that gives you strength, that's your strength of spirit. Um, so somebody can be crazy here or you know, not know their direction or whatever, but mm-hmm. their higher self will always know the way.
0: Well, why can't my higher self then just intervene and, and like clean up the mess so I can just sit back and enjoy life?
1: Well, how easy that would be for you here. It would be fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it would be amazing. Um, But then what do you learn? How do you develop? You know, we go through situations here to develop who we are, to see things with new eyes, to evolve our soul. So, -hmm. if our higher self stepped in, now that's not to say your higher self doesn't step in to tell you things or give you a heads up on things. But it's whether you listen or whether you hear that. And How even as a medium, that? well, even as a medium, there's mm-hmm. times where I've overlooked it. You know, I I was driving up to a friend's house last year and all the way up to her house, she lives about an hour away. All the way up, I was thinking, you know, what would I do if I crashed? You know, I don't know if this car, I mean, is this car safe? And all these thoughts were coming in and I kept catching myself and saying, why are you thinking that that's a terrible thing to think so I was having this inner dialogue anyway I went to my friends it was fine came home and like five minutes from home the car went into a full skid hit a wall hit a tree um, and I was really lucky to be able to walk away from it and after it I thought you should have listened your higher self was telling you be careful be aware, be vigilant, and I was just passing it off as, oh, I don't know why I'm thinking that. So even as a medium, it's not like I'm always attuned to my higher self, but overall, I know the answers come from there.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know, I wouldn't know how to interpret that data. Like, if I was driving down the road, and I'm thinking these thoughts, I'm thinking, like, all right, is this a warning? Or is it... Something just trying to scare
1: me. Yeah, so you can look at it two ways. I mean, I could have looked at that like as a psychic medium, Mm. I was picking up on something coming up. You know, I was picking up on that. But either way, it would still come from my higher self. Mm. It would come from that side of spirit. So it was a warning. It was uh, not to frighten me, but just as a way, be careful, be mindful. don't, you know, because you know what it's like when you're driving, you kind of go into autopilot, don't you? And you just go from A to B. Um, So it was just a little heads up, I think, you know, that just be careful, you know, but I didn't listen. Um, And more often than not, that's what we do in life. Our inner self, our inner voice, our higher self, these things all mean the same thing, um, tells us things. And, you know, some people will say it's a hunch. Some people will say it's an intuition or it's a sixth sense but it's all coming from the same place and it is to guide us and more mm-hmm. often than not we go against it because the ego comes in, we think we know better or we want to choose or we want a different outcome and then it doesn't go that way and then we always say, oh, why didn't I listen? The it's is the works.
0: other way yeah. too. Like, 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 I'll get these ideas out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do because I don't know where this information is coming from and mm-hmm. I go ahead and I follow it and yet yeah, it seems like it's the most Difficult, painful thing in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and like, again, like, that's
0: why would my higher self do that to me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> just to, just so that you learn. I mean, when I when I embarked upon my mediumship journey, it was so difficult at times. You mm-hmm. know, it's a very, it's quite. You can ask any other medium; I'm sure they would say the same. It's quite a lonely road because. You can't just talk to everyone about it. It's a very personal thing as well. You feel like you're developing yourself. So there's difficulties along the way. It can be very emotional. You're dealing with things that maybe you didn't know that you would be dealing with, like certain, you know, readings. If something's been traumatic, you're dealing with that. And as a, as a clairvoyant, you see things that maybe you didn't really want to see. There's all of these different ways. And that was difficult, but so worthwhile. And I always thank Spirit for allowing me to do this here because it brings me so much. It's just who I am. But I know what you mean when there's difficulties. Like you say, you do tend to question then, oh, why did I choose this if it's going to be so hard? But there's a reason that it's hard. You just, it's the, I suppose it's going back to the trust Trust that there's a reason. Trust that it's going to take you to where you need to be. And trusting is hard for people.
0: I think that's why people come the mediums, because they start to not trust, and they want something to verify what they're thinking or feeling.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Does that ever happen, though, where somebody comes in to verify something or what they're feeling, because they can't trust, yeah. and then you give them information, and you're like, well, this isn't what i was looking for.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's times where people come and... You pick up on everything they're feeling or what they've been through and that psychically you know that that's a question they have in their mind and you can give them confirmation of that. And sometimes I've had to say to people that, you know, for your soul that's not the right path and you know fine that they're going to go out and do what they want to do. And that's what I mean about ego coming in. We all do it. We see something. It's like relationships. That's a big one where people are maybe in the wrong relationship, let's say. They're not compatible with their partner. They want to be compatible with their partner. So no matter what their soul tells them, they're going to do it anyway. They're going to learn through that experience regardless, but they're going to then have to then come back onto the path that was for them in the first place. And I guess that's difficult, but nothing's wasted. You know, like people ask me sometimes, you know, do you have regrets about anything? Is there anything you wish, do you you wish you'd done your mediumship sooner? the answer is no like everything happens in life to a degree where you will learn out of it so there's nothing that's wasted
0: Hmm. do i have free will
1: free will's massive that's what that's what the ego is that comes from the ego side and people think ego is a bad word and it's not a bad Mm -hmm. word um i think if someone gets an inflated ego and then they become self-absorbed then that's about their learning but Speaking about the ego as in free will, that is what we're here to do. We are here to have the human experience. So we have to you know, react and act upon what we feel is right at the time, even if it's driven by ego. And then we will learn and we will come back in alignment with our true self and then we will do something else. And that is just life, isn't it?
0: Mm. How about things like spirit guides and soul groups and... Um, life contracts and things like that. Are those real?
1: Life contracts is not something that I have... Or soul contracts. I forget what they're called. Yeah, I I haven't really followed that thought process. I know that lots of mediums do. And again, you can only really follow something that resonates with you. There's no right or wrong. None of us are Mm -hmm. going to know until we're over on the other side. But for me, the soul contract side of things is not something that I have felt resonated with me. I feel that we come here for and we are in this body and we stay here for as long as we can possibly stay here. That is why I feel sometimes, say there's, you know, an accident and the person fights, you know, they say, you know, oh, he's, he's got a fighting spirit and he stays here. I feel that that strength of spirit is what's carried that person forward. So I don't believe that, you know, I hear lots unfortunately and very sadly about maybe teenagers passing away or children Mm -hmm. passing away and it can never sit with me that they were only meant to be here for four years it just doesn't resonate with me however I'm not saying it's wrong for other mediums to feel that way um I feel like you know our strength of spirit carries us forward in life and when our body breaks for whatever reason whether that's accident illness whatever reason um our our spirit has to go home and we go home and we take what we've learned here and we continue our involvement on the other side hmm. how
0: about reincarnation
1: Reincarnation's is a big subject um It's quite hard to describe in a couple of minutes but I believe in reincarnation but I don't believe in reincarnation the way that it's put out there. So Karen, as Karen's journey here is on earth at this moment in time when I pass away and go over to spirit that's my journey as Karen done. I would have no reason to come back again the same spirit into a different body. I wouldn't have a reason to do that. However, the spirit is light and there's so many different emanations from that same light so that doesn't mean that part of me part of my spirit wouldn't incarnate here on earth so it would be part of my spirit but it wouldn't be me it wouldn't be karen
0: Hmm. do you think that there's like multiple versions of ourselves living on different timelines
1: I actually do I know that that's like I know some people don't believe that, or or it seems like. How do you even perceive that in your mind? But it makes sense to me that you know, I know the way spirit work, and I know that it's much bigger than us. You know, we we are here living this life. So for me, why wouldn't that happen? You know, why would that not happen? Um, it just makes sense in my mind. Um, how mm-hmm. do you feel about that? I, I think it? Uh, it
0: makes sense to me, too. It makes a yeah. lot of sense to me because, one, I don't necessarily believe in time to begin with. I think the time is just is, it's a perception it's or, or, or a filter to allow us to have this linear experience. But mm-hmm. when you're on the other side, there is no time. Everything exists, seems like at one time, it's everywhere. That's right, and it's, it's it's really kind of more. It's really kind of hard to describe. I don't know if we could put it into words.
1: It is it's, it is hard to describe, and but I agree with you. You know, the sun comes up, it goes down. There's another twenty four hours in that day. That is a complete man made perception, so that our mind knows, so that we have routines, so that we understand what's happening. In the spirit side, there's nothing physical. There's mm-hmm. no time. There's no nothing. So so like you've said, and I agree with you that then it would make sense that. There's different versions and different, you know, different places. And so, I mean, I think that when I go over to the other side, I will be amazed at what goes on, Mm -hmm. even though I have this small chunk of that within my work and life. You know, I don't really have all the the answers. I don't think anyone does.
0: Or another one is, too, is like, are we all the same person, really? You know, are we really all part of... One of the terms I've heard is an oversoul. Like, are we all part of the same soul? Which is an interesting idea. Like, like the whole planet, everybody on this planet is all part of the same soul trying mm-hmm. to evolve or figure something out.
1: That's so interesting that you asked me that. I, my first, one of my first experiences of anything like that was when I was seven years old in school and the teacher had asked us all to draw god on a bit of paper so i drew and i still remember it i drew this outline almost like a silhouette of a person Mm -hmm. filling the page and inside i put everyone else and when the the teacher picked them up she said to me what is this you know everybody else had drawn the generic image and i said to her that's That's what it is, that that we are just all the same. And I couldn't put it into words. I was seven years old. But in my mind, I knew what I was trying to put on the paper. So ever since then, that is how I feel. What you just said, there's one soul. But I suppose in another way, we look at that like we say we're all connected to source. There's one source. We Mm -hmm. are all connected to that source. When people used to talk about nature, I used to hear people saying, you know, be at one with nature. And I never really knew what that meant when I was younger. And then as I started my development and I would walk in the, the woods or the trees or the beach, I, just, I felt so connected to everything else. So, yes, I believe that we are all one, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's one soul that, you know, I suppose oversees everybody. I, I think that there's a source. I think we can all connect to that source. And we are all trying to evolve for the same thing at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. I think either... And I think both models of what I'm going to say are right. One is like the idea of there's a great cosmic dreamer who's dreaming. And then when it's dreaming, it creates these other beings. And then somehow they fall asleep too and they start having dreams. And and at some point we forget that we're part of this dream because we've gone down through so many different levels of it. Or the other one is that ancient symbol of the sun with just rays emanating from it, you know, and each ray is, is a person, but it goes back to the sun, sort of.
1: Well, that's the same as, you know, speaking about the light, you mm-hmm. know, the, is we are all light, we are all color. Uh, when we get to spirit, we don't ever really show ourselves as a person. We, when I work with spirit people, uh, you know, someone's mother or father or sister, they will show me themselves as they were here, but that's not who they are there because they are just light. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: But they have to bring a form of recognition so that the person I'm speaking with would recognize the person. Um, And and also, if someone appears to you through dream state or or visits you through dream state, they will appear as themselves because that's how you recognize them. But actually, they are emanations of light.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So when you communicate with spirits do you ever have some come in that make you uncomfortable
1: not uncomfortable um i know that you know people kind of worry or talk (coughs) about evil spirits and bad spirits and it's not something i've experienced but i have experienced um Working with someone that was maybe, let's say, abusive when they were here or not the nicest person Mm -hmm. when they were here. And I can feel their emotion connected to that. I can feel who they were as a person here. Um, But usually if someone like that is communicating, it's usually to acknowledge their ways, you know, maybe apologize to someone, try to kind of heal that situation. So even though they're showing me who they were when they were here, which isn't the best... They're not like that there. Um, Hmm. So it's usually to bring healing to situations. So I wouldn't say I've ever been uncomfortable, but I I have been left afterwards a couple of times with that feeling of, wow, that was quite powerful, you know, the way they were when they were here. That stays for, you know, a little while, and then it disappears.
0: Hmm. You kind of already answered my next question, which was like, sort of like, what is the point Of being able to do this to begin with like like why what is that you know people are that come to you like what is it they're looking for is it grief they're trying to get over grief are they looking for advice um and, and what is it you know that you can provide people that just ordinary life experience cannot
1: I think it's mainly through a form of grief. So if someone's just lost someone, then they come to me through pure grief and they need to know that that person's okay or know where they are. If th- if someone's been passed away a long time and the person isn't necessarily in active grief, but they miss the person, then they want to make that reconnection with the person. Usually people come either when their own life is in upheaval where they need answers advice like you say so that would be more of a psychic reading um, mm. and if they come to me for the evidential mediumship side it's through grief mm.
0: and and how does that help people? does this gives, give them the reassurance that their loved ones are on the other side, that life continues like is that no, it? And all I mean...
1: well you see you have to remember that that brings a form of healing in itself mm-hmm. so if my, mo- my mother's in the spirit side so if I was a client going to a medium of course I would want to hear from my mum to know that she's okay to know that maybe she sees things you know did she see her grandchild being born is there you know are they, is she still part of our life because then that brings comfort to the client that their loved one is still there and can see their life milestones if you like um, but also after that so after that consultation and after that part of it and i'm not there anymore that person then goes on in their life in a whole different way because their worry lifts their um, grief lifts to Hmm. a degree because they know oh that person's not dead they're still there they've seen my child being born they're part of my life it just gives them healing in a different way which then leads them to lead their life in a different way so it really does create this kind of domino effect for everything and even if it's a psychic reading the same thing happens you know someone comes and i pick up on situations in their life or say to them you know in three months time this situation will resolve or that will happen or whatever that might be it gives them hope it lets them walk out the door feeling like okay let's see what happens but there's hope there's something they've came in here Maybe not knowing what their options are. So, both ways, it does impact a person's life in a powerful way, I feel.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, my own experience, though, has been like, I, I believe in an afterlife. Now, you know, I mean, I know there's an afterlife. You know, I've done paranormal investigation, I've been in seances, I've had my own near death experience. So, I know there's an afterlife. I don't even question it. But it still doesn't necessary for me to take the edge off of grief, and I don't know it why d- that is.
1: So, you did you say there that it doesn't take the edge off?
0: No, like, like all that yeah. knowledge and experience. Still, I still feel grief to like, you know.
1: Yeah, of course. <clears throat> but that's your. Hu- but humanly, you're going to feel that. Emotionally, you're going to feel that. You had a connection with someone they're no longer here mm-hmm. so you're going to feel that grief you're going to feel that void in your life that stands for anyone i believe in the afterlife i work with the afterlife but when my mom passed i still had grief even though i had comfort because i knew where she was and i knew that she would be okay the grief as a daughter was still there and you know i'm a medium that works with it every day so grief is part of your human experience that's as simple as that um You can't take grief away and a medium can't take grief away so if you're visiting a medium they can't solve that grief but what they hope to do is bring some healing and comfort and also to add to that as well the spirit side need healing so just because they know where they are just because they are over there and they know they're fine and they know that they still live on they still miss their physical life sometimes they'll miss giving a physical hug to their children so they need healing too and a, a reading with a medium um, gives you healing but mm-hmm. it also then lets the spirit person have that feeling of connection too which helps them so it, it's, it goes much further than I think sometimes what we perceive it to be and as human beings selfishly in a way um, because that's being human, human um, we think it's about us like I'm going for this reading because I need to connect with my mum there's no thought process to my mum needs to connect with me mm. because why would we think like that? Because they've crossed over. So, uh, you know, I remember when my mum passed away and my sister was really, really, really upset. A few weeks later, she just could. She started to cry. She couldn't stop. And I said to her, "You've got to remember, mum can see this, and mum is there with you, but she can't. She can't stop that for you. You know, she can't do anything." And I was trying to say to her, "Mum will feel helpless because mum can't." Stop that with you. She can't tell you that she's okay. Uh, and immediately my sister stopped and she said, I didn't think about it like that. And I says, Well, we'll have to remember that they want to connect with us too. I got up every morning and my mum and I used to sing this good morning song, you know, whenever we called each other. And uh, every morning I do it. Every morning I sing that little song, two lines, and sing good morning to my mum. I'm not going to hear back from her. I'm not going to hear her saying good morning to me. But I know she can hear me. And hmm. so for my mum in the spirit side, that's that's that connection for her. And so that's important.
0: How about ghosts that like, like hauntings? Like what is happening there? Like why are there certain spirits haunting certain spaces?
1: So two two different reasons. So there's a difference between an active spirit. So an active spirit some people would call that poltergeist and we associate poltergeist with terrible things but that's because of the movies more than anything else. Um, it just poltergeist means mischievous spirit so there's there's no badness there but if there's an active spirit in someone's home um, or anywhere it's not that they're stuck there it's not that they're you know just being noisy or bad or trying to frighten someone usually if there's an active spirit it's because they're connected with the person that's maybe in that room so if i live in my home and there's activity going on i know it's not an external spirit that's trying to be bad it would maybe be oh there's my mom doing something or whatever people associate it the, the, your mind brings fear because you don't know what it is so immediately your mind will tell you you need to be careful um hauntings are different because hauntings are just a recording of what might have happened there. It's like a residual energy. It's not an active spirit. Mm -hmm. So if it's a residual energy, it's just a replay of things. So there's lots of castles here in Scotland. So if I go to a castle, I might hear soldiers marching or I might, you know, pick up on certain elements that would have happened there at that castle. But those soldiers are not there. Those soldiers are in the spirit side evolving and being connected to their own family but the residual energy of the power of that energy remains Mm -hmm. so that people pick up on it and I know that there's lots of people that do ghost hunting, I know that there's people that go to these places and ask for activity like please do this or they're trying to pick up on things and that can happen but there's never anything bad or evil about that, I tend to just leave spirit where they are and not worry about it you know. and if something happens, it happens
0: Hmm. how about like non-human spirits like fairies and things like that do they exist and do you ever have contact with them
1: no contact with them I love fairies everything to do with fairies that's one of my biggest things in my whole life all my family <laughs> know that since I was a baby I was so attracted to fairies all the time um, so I love the I suppose the the mystic side of fairies mm-hmm. um, but There's not a contact there as such. I mean, if animals cross over, cats, dogs, sentient beings, there's definitely contact there because that was a soul-to-soul bond. Um, They don't communicate the same way humans communicate, but there is communication with other things like fairies and things that maybe are considered a bit more out there. Um, There's not really a a communication. Another one we get asked a lot is about aliens, you know, Mm -hmm. different life forms. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to communicate in that form with, you know, another life form that maybe I'm not familiar with. I can't say I wouldn't because there's, you know, the spirit world is the spirit world. So I don't know. But um, up until now, that's not happened.
0: Mm. What do you think think the most important lesson that we are meant to learn while having a human experience is?
1: I think we are supposed to learn how to connect with the higher self I feel like our biggest lesson here is to realise that we are far more powerful than a human being and that takes a lot of courage to try and connect and attune to that, it's trials and tribulations it's very difficult sometimes because human life physical life is actually built in a way that will bring us down a little bit or will diminish our light or will bring problems, stresses, strains, all of these things take us away from our inner light. So it's hard to push past that and continue to develop, but I actually Mm -hmm. do believe that's what we are supposed to do so that we are in full alignment with ourselves and we know who we are by the time we go to the spirit side.
0: Do you think that the moment we return to the spirit side, after having this experience, not only are we more knowledgeable, but maybe we have more energy?
1: yeah a stronger more powerful mm-hmm. energy you know if you connect like when i go to connect with spirit or my guides for instance um if i connect with my guides the power is astronomical i can feel it it's a different kind of power it's not the same power that i have here in my human form um and to tap into that kind of power is amazing and it shows me what is actually there it, you know that if i just develop that and keep tapping into that it's it's just massive compared to what we know when we are here
0: Hmm. is there a way for us to um do that while we're still alive like you know amplify our energy so we can be more positive more happy things like that
1: for sure i mean meditation is one way to do it now some people <coughs> meditate, some people don't. I was never someone who could sit for hours and meditate. My mind's far too busy for that. So my spirit team know that about me and so they don't expect that of me. Uh, that doesn't mean I shouldn't try and I shouldn't develop it for longer. So meditation is where we go when we are being passive, when we want to go within ourselves. Our guides and helpers can connect with us in that respect. Uh, we can create that quiet space for them to be. Um, When we learn to do that, and when we learn to listen, then we can connect with our higher power, which will give us the answers we need or just make us feel very uplifted compared to normal everyday life. And in turn, that shows you, it's a glimpse almost of who you really are. And you know this, I I remember hearing someone say many years ago that we really are truly frightened to step into our own power and I completely believe in that um, because you don't know how powerful you are until you do that. And sometimes we like to cocoon and just stay in the familiar, and so we don't want that connection. But if you do want that connection, meditation is the way to do it.
0: Hmm. Is there, but if you're not good at medication, then like, like how do our... Actually, i change directions here. Who are the spirit guys and our helpers?
1: So each of us have a spirit team, I call mm-hmm. it, you know, it's different guides, different helpers. Now, let's say you were in your at school for your first day, you would get a teacher that was assigned to you for that year that you were in. And then let's say you go to college years later, you're going to get a teacher that assigned to you for the, for your stage of learning. So it's the same thing with guides and helpers. We get our guidance from certain guides at different points in our life so there is a team of guides there there might be one main guide that we can connect with more than the others a a guide that kind of oversees our whole journey here but nevertheless other guides will come in and out our guardians are different our loved ones that cross over so my mum would never be my guide but she would be a guardian for me she would be in you know she would want to oversee things or look at things for me Uh, or maybe try to help me by dropping me some wisdom about something. So that's more of a guardian thing. Mm -hmm. Guides are higher beings. Guides are beings that have either walked this earth and have evolved or have never walked this earth and are evolved, highly evolved. And they have a deeper knowledge, a deeper wisdom, and, and that's where they play their part. But we all have that. You know, I think sometimes it's a little bit of a myth that mediums have that. No, we all have that. Um, But for the purpose of my mediumship, I know how to tap into that, so therefore my guides and helpers will help me with my mediumship and my development.
0: Mm. Where do you think humans fall in development? Are we at the very bottom, or somewhere (laughs) in the middle,
1: or at the top? It depends. It depends how, I mean, every person's different. You know, I think that (coughs) there's people out there that are very connected to their soul, their higher self, because they've practiced meditation or they've just found a way to do that, or they just have a belief in that. And then there are many, many, many people out there that, what I say to my students all the time is they sleepwalk through their lives. They don't even know the power that's there. And that is through no fault of their own. That's just their journey, what Mm -hmm. they're doing. Um, So there isn't a judgment about it. You know, I think if you are awake to your power and your higher self, consider yourself very blessed and lucky that you are aware of that because it's the most amazing thing. But there are people that aren't awake to that through no fault of their own. That's just the way it is.
0: Hmm. How about a person who feels like their higher self or spirit team has failed
1: them? So that that becomes a trust issue Mm -hmm. because our spirit team will never fail us so if we feel that they have failed us there's something else that we are overlooking there's something else that we are not seeing properly because ultimately our spirit team never fail us so there has to be something that we've overlooked or we've not seen properly or that we maybe are not at a point of recognition yet and we will become to a point of recognition and To answer your your question earlier about, you know, what if you're not good at meditation? What if you can't do that? Meditation is not about sitting in the quiet space for an hour at a time. Meditation can be done just walking along the beach, walking in the park, sitting, you know, in your garden, doing nothing but just sitting in the quiet. It doesn't mean that you have to do it the way the books tell you to do it. It's just a place where you feel that you are letting go of the outer world letting go of anything physical and just being in that space you do it automatically some people washing the dishes can go into a, a, a you know a, a different state of mind that's mm-hmm. meditation and um, we just don't call it that when we're just washing the dishes we just say we're zoning out or whatever and um, so there's many different ways to connect and your spirit team will always help you so if you do want that connection You can ask them, please make it known to me. I'm struggling with this. I'm not sure how to go about this. Can you bring forward an opportunity? And without a doubt, without a doubt, they will hear you and they will bring something, put something in front of you within a few days where you might go, oh, you know, I was just asking about meditation. And all of a sudden, my friend, who's never mentioned it before, said there's a meditation class, you know, down at a retreat somewhere. They will always bring something to you.
0: Hmm. What are some of the common um, messages that you receive?
1: Um, I mean, it differs obviously for every different person, but and it depends what the person's looking for. So I don't know that there's almost like a one message more than the others, um, but I think the in a way. Throughout my work, it's always this, it relates to the same thing as in, you know, direction, letting someone know they're on the right path, giving them advice, bringing evidence to them, healing. That healing aspect is a big thing. You don't, you know, there's so many people that when some they lose someone, maybe there's been something that's not been resolved, for instance. You know, there's maybe been a fallout or a conflict, or there's a conflict after the person goes to do with their will or, you know, all of these things and the spirit person will come forward to try and heal that situation for sure. Um so I'd say that the biggest message, if you like, is a is to heal that person's life in some way, whatever they need. Um but there's not one message I think that fits everyone.
0: Hmm. But but healing seems to be the general
1: It's always healing. Mediumship is healing. And it's a sim it's so simplified. It doesn't There's so many different ways of doing it. And mediumship also involves, you know, someone who is doing spiritual healing. Mm -hmm. That's still mediumship. In fact, at one time, healing was considered the highest form of mediumship. Um, So there are many different ways to work with mediumship. It's not one way is better. Just because I sit and communicate with someone directly, that doesn't mean that there's not another form of that healing. You've been to seances. You know what seances are Mm -hmm. like. There's a more physical feeling about seances. Um, The seances I've been to, there's been amazing things that have happened that wouldn't happen through mental mediumship, which is what I would do. So, you know, there's many different ways to look at mediumship and it brings healing in so many different ways.
0: Mm -hmm. If there's a God, do you believe there's a devil? Like, do you believe that there's something negative that's also drawing people to do bad things?
1: I believe that there's a reflection of things. So and there's an opposite. So if there's good, there's bad. I believe in that. You know, yeah. I, I think that every human on this earth um, has felt at some point, you know, the negative rather than the positive, or they've been drawn to doing things that are negative rather than positive. Do I believe that that's a force that's maybe drawing people there? Not necessarily. I feel like it's something that's within each and every one of us, but You know when you hear people saying, well, the good has to win. The good has to win. We'll have to work hard to keep the good, keep the light. That's where I feel it is. I don't necessarily feel it's an outer, you know, God versus devil and we're being pulled. I just feel like in every one of us, there's a good force and there's a negative force and we have to decide what way we use that, again, through free will.
0: Mm. And we're definitely in a dimension that emphasizes duality, that is for sure.
1: Definitely. I mean, I
0: don't know why, but <laughs> this is where we are.
1: I just think, that, you know, there's. I feel like things shift through time. You know, there's cycles almost. There's or there's new things opening up. If you look at mediumship, you know, fifty years ago, sixty, mm-hmm. eighty years ago, it's far different than it is now. Like back back then, there were more physical seances, and I feel that the physical seances. I don't know if you've heard of Helen Duncan. Mm-hmm. She was a, a Scottish. Um, physical medium and she done phenomenal things with her mediumship she died because of her mediumship because of her you know at the time she was doing the seance and it went wrong because it was raided and it's a fascinating story um but she was out there doing that and there was mediums out there doing the physical side now fast forward to now i mean there's very 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 rarely a physical medium And I just feel it's because in this day and age that we live in, we we just can't have that. You know, it would just be, it would be on social media. It wouldn't be a a sacred (laughs) um, manifestation of spirit, which is really what it should be, you know. But I think even like if we look at social media, um, there's so many mediums on there or so many, it, it normalizes it almost. Now, that's not a bad thing. Because everybody then gets to hear about it. But unfortunately, it then creates a negative connotation as well. And I think sometimes it does take away the sacredness of what's taken place. Um, so in this time that we live in, things Are very fast, you know Everybody lives a fast way So therefore mediumships change to Accommodate that change as well So that we can reach people But things like this, this podcast, other podcasts I love because it brings education There's more to it than just Going on Facebook Live And doing a few (laughs) readings, you know Not that there's anything wrong with that It's just that I feel People need to hear about what the deal is Really sometimes
0: Mm -hmm. I mean Yeah, I think the internet and social media is certainly a good tool for probably beginners because it gives them an opportunity to practice where they might not have the opportunity to.
1: Definitely. And I think really the the way that it's opened things up I think is amazing. Um, You know, I I speak to many, many people through those ways, you know, lives and Mm -hmm. connecting with people and doing Zoom seminars and all of this i think it's amazing the way that we can even now use this technology gets out there it opens people's minds. people are searching this is what i feel i don't know how you feel about this but i feel like in this time that we're in at the moment people are searching for more answers you know people are more open to everything spiritual Mm -hmm. whereas maybe 15 20 years ago that wouldn't be the case
0: oh i know that i'm searching for answers that's for sure whether we're getting them or not is a whole other story. Yeah, you know,
1: I don't, <laughs> sometimes
0: I don't the more bring... things I figure out, the more questions I
1: have. Absolutely, it brings more questions. But again, that's about your development, your evolution. That's what's supposed to happen sometimes. And then other times, there might be a lull where it's quiet and nothing much is happening, and you feel like your questions aren't being answered, but you don't feel anything's really happening. We are supposed to have those quiet moments too. Mm. Um, you know, that's part of development too. So. I just think really anyone that's listening, I really think all you can do is your best. And if you do have questions, you are searching for something, search within yourself first, search within your higher self first, and then see where it takes you. But I always, I mean, I speak to my guides and helpers all the time. And I was speaking to them a few days ago about something to do with my work. And within two days, an answer came in from a completely unexpected source. I know that spirit work for us. I know that spirit want us to do well. They want to help us move forward. So we have to trust that. And okay. And if the answer doesn't come, then you're not supposed to have the answer at that moment in time. I don't like that. I know. It's because we like to control everything, Gary. <laughs> we like to control. We want to be, you know, in charge of things. But sometimes we have to surrender to a different power. Mm.
0: If a person is feeling stuck, are they really stuck?
1: I think that when someone feels something, it's very real to them. I feel that if someone's feeling stuck, then they are stuck. They feel stuck and nothing anyway I could go along and say, well, you're not really stuck. You can, you know, just tune into your higher power. That's not going to really help that person. I think sometimes we'll have to recognise that we also have to sit within our human emotions too. So we aren't here to walk this earth as enlightened spirit. We are here to walk it as human beings as well. So yes, we can tap into that side of things and we should, but also it's okay to sit within our human side too. If I have a bad day or a bad week or a bad month and I want to just switch everything off and just be in that mood about it, then that's what I have to do because you have to embrace how you feel as a human in order to move past it. But ultimately, no, we're not stuck, but in that moment we feel it, so that makes it true.
0: So it's just okay, it's just part of the experience.
1: It's part of the experience, but it's also, I think sometimes um, students that I've spoken with before, you know, they'll say, oh, I had such an emotional week with that learning, or I've had an emotional week in my life, and I'm trying, though, because I know that I'm really a spirit person, you know, in human form, so I'm trying to lift myself out of it, and I always say to them, if you need to cry and have an emotional week, please do it. Please embrace who you are as a human, too. You can't remove that. You can't suddenly just be in tune with spirit all the time. But when we can lift ourselves out of that and remind ourselves who we truly are, then that's what will heal us and take us forward on the next Mm. step.
0: So you're saying it's okay to have a freak out or a pity party or whatever, (laughs) you know, or going through crap.
1: Absolutely, because... We are go. We go through things in life, and we need to react to that. We need to allow ourselves to react to that. I think sometimes it's when people deny themselves that that really the problems start arising. Because if you you know want to have a good cry over something, or you're frustrated, or you want to have a freak out, after you've done it, you usually feel better. After you've done it, and times pass, you know you usually feel better. My grandmother always used to say, just sleep on it, go to bed. And my mum also used to say, just give it to God and go to sleep. And it's, it's something that I've used throughout my life all the time. Give it to God and go to sleep. In other words, I'm surrendering. I can't deal with that problem. So I'm just going to get some rest. And in the morning, I feel completely different. I feel peaceful or I'll have an answer on how to solve that or how I'm going to deal with that. And we have to let things go in order for the answers to come.
0: Hmm. Is uh, something I have to work on.
1: (laughs) I think we all have to work on it, though, Gary. I don't think anyone's at a point in life whilst they're here, even with the best of intention, of understanding how to navigate this completely. You know, without any problems, we all do it. You know, and and Mm -hmm. regardless of whether I speak to people about it, teach about it in my mediumship mentorships, I always have to say to someone, it's okay. I had a a client yesterday who was going through a bit of a tough time and stuck and all these things and she was saying, you know, I'm trying not to cry and I'm trying to do this and that. And I said, why? Just cry. So she had a good cry while she was on Zoom with me uh, and we talked about it and then at the end of it, she said, you know, that really wasn't what the session was meant to be about and I said, the session's about what you need it to be. As a medium, you know, I'm tapping into your soul need. So your soul is going to get what it needs, not what you want. And that's another thing about coming to a medium. You might come in with lots of intention, this is what I want answered, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. You might not get that. You might get a completely different thing than you expected, (coughs) but it's what the soul needed.
0: I guess that's why people get frustrated.
1: I mean, I think so. But I think any mediumship reading that I've done, um, Mm -hmm. people have walked away feeling so much better. Yeah. Because there's an understanding, you know, I will look at someone in a holistic way. I will look at someone, connect with their soul. I will ask their spirit loved ones to step forward. So really, they get an experience that is, you know, in every level, helping them, guiding them, healing them. So when they leave, even if they they leave, knowing that there's something they've got to change that they don't particularly want to change, they'll still feel better. They'll still feel more in control of their life.
0: Mm. So it gives people... Oh, hope.
1: Yeah, hope's a huge thing because uh, you know, let's say someone's come to me that's lost their father unexpectedly, um, and they're just lost. Or someone who's I I deal with a lot of families who've been through suicide, um, and that's a terrible shock to people. You know that kind of passing, and these people are so vulnerable, and they they're looking for answers they can't understand, they can't perceive it to be true, and there's lots of areas to go with that one. But if I can, through my mediumship, give them hope, give them evidence, give them answers, then that makes a difference to their lives. That's awesome.
0: Um, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on today. And before we wrap it up, um, where can my listeners find you and what services do you provide?
1: So my services are consultations, gallery readings, Zoom seminars, Zoom readings, uh, any, any platform you, you know, that people need to hear about mediumship or want to want me to demonstrate mediumship, uh, that can all be found on my website at karenpsychic.com um, and the mentorship's on there too, you know if there is anyone listening who is questioning things or is drawn to the conversation, wants to know more. And the mentorship application is also at psychic.com All right. well, right.
0: I'll put a link to your website in the notes of this episode. It's been a pleasure having you, and I hope we can do it again. Absolutely. And just hang on for a moment, and I'm just going to play the outro.
1: Okay. And, thank you so much, Gary. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to Every. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book, Enlightenment Guarantee. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. What you listen to today? Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable with Gary Cochulio.